And we're on. Welcome back to the Dad's Beer Club podcast. Greg, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Got my beer in a hand and I'm ready to go. <laughs> I was just about to say to you, one of the first things I always do is check is everybody got their beer, but we've both got we've both got a little a little pint. <laughs> what is it you're drinking? I'm on the vice beer tonight. Rice beer? Vice beer. It's like oh, a German beer. beer. So wow. uh, you have to drink loads of it and don't get a headache. So it's all right. I'll have to go on that. I, last The last week I did, um, I upped my game a little bit and went on to the Peroni, thinking yeah. I was a bit big time and headache the next day after a couple of pints of Peroni. So I've gone back to the tried and tested cause, cause light. Strong. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Greg, <sighs> It's been a very many years since we last actually saw each other, I think. Yeah, it has I, I think so. I think it was about 16 years, but speaking to you before this, I, you were saying sort of 20 years, I think. Yeah, I think it's easy 20 years, and you think about it. Um, yeah, well, we, we, we obviously used to knock around at school and uh, yeah. doing all sorts, singing, singing bizarrely or not. Or not. I singing when, was the main thing. Standing on our uh, on, on my mum and dad's sofa, screaming on top of our lungs, singing Backstreet's Back. <laughs> I think it, it was it, it was. Um, I want it that way. That was the main one, wasn't it? That's the one. The key change. You've got to stand up and do the key change. Well, what happened to you? what happened to the musical careers? Mm, I maybe the gods were listening to us and thought, Nah. Well, you got the studio look, mate. Anyway. You look like you're right now. <laughs> little flame fire going and all sorts. Oh no, yeah, I've got, got the background. We've got the ambiance in. <laughs> <laughs> so look, Greg, look, let's get let's get straight into it, mate. Thanks for coming on. I know um, there's a couple of things I was really interested in uh, talking to you about. Actually, one of the things that you, you mentioned that you're involved with is the charity work that you do with the NSPCC. So I thought that'd be really good to talk about a bit later on. But if we just if we just dive in straight away, mate, talk about your upbringing, what it was like growing up, mum and dad around, how was that family, what was that like? Yeah, so um, I like, you know, as you know, I was a, a, I was a, a forces brat, if you like. Yeah, my dad was in the Air Force, as was my mum at one time. Um, but we sort of moved around all the time. Then we ended up settling down in Lincolnshire, which is obviously where we, we met. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, you, you know, you get, being, moving around, having your, your dad doing, you know, he used to, well, when I was a very young kid, he was flying around the back of tornadoes, fast jet sort of guy. So he's pretty masculine, cool, cool dude, if you like. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it was having having my dad around and stuff like that has always been amazing. It's interesting now when you when you think about it. How, and I was very lucky to have my my uh, my my granddad on my grand my, my dad's side alive as well. So I always had like quite quite big male role model in my life, and I've always actually thought of them kind of as. In many ways, like my hero sort of thing, you know, it's uh, you, you realize how good your dad is, you, you know, and how fortunate you are to have had that dad when you grow older and you realize how hard it is to be to be a dad. And what yeah. I think for I think it's quite interesting, an interesting point of that is that, like, if you're your, your, your dad's always been there and he's really good that's it's awesome but in many ways as well as a dad you can be really hard on yourself because you look at something because oh would my dad have done that and yeah. sometimes i find myself doing that especially now but actually i think probably probably most of the time probably would have done a similar thing um but, it, but yeah it's quite, 
from your point of view, because obviously I knew you growing up as a as a young whippersnapper. And even for me, like your dad isn't my dad, but I would even look up to your dad because your dad was quite high ranking in the REF, wasn't he? And I, I used to see him coming in in his, um, the um, plane, the pilot out of here. Yeah. And I'd just be like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think one of the best things about, you know, him and, you know, I'm very fortunate. I've still got my mum and dad and, you know, around now. And, you know, the, the one of the things I remember about him always doing for just talking about dad's side of things, he would always go the extra mile for like things I wanted to do, even if, right. So, you know, when we used to hang out, like he would, he would, if the situation was needed to just take you home or go pick you up, yeah. so out, which is pretty cool. Yeah, because um, it's not, it wasn't around the corner, was it? It was a good. No. 30, 40 minute drive away. But then it was, you know, then I think those values like friends and and people like, the, th the thing is, it's it, I think one of the values my dad taught me is that your friends are your friends forever and you can just pick up whenever. So mm. I feel like I haven't not seen you for ages, but it has yeah. been for years, ish. You know, since we're properly hanging out. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, but it doesn't feel like it's been that long. It, I really honestly doesn't feel like that already. And, you know, um, I think that's one of the very big values that that, that I, I was sort of taught to, uh, is is to you know pick your friends and then keep them you know like yeah um, but yeah I guess so yeah growing growing up you know I, I was at the same school as you were for for a while wasn't I and then my dad was going to get moved and because of the way the REF works I ended up getting moved out of that school because my dad was moving moving away for a bit and I had to go and be in another school yeah um, but. I met my now wife um, when I was 15. Uh, well, yeah, she was 15, I was 16. And uh, I remember it very well. And we've been together since. And I'm, again, like, I'm very lucky to to, to be with my wife for this, for this long. But, uh, you know, we met. I don't know if you remember, I ended up with, like, effectively, there were, like, two adopted brothers, a guy called Marcus and a guy called Sam. I don't know if you remember them. No. They ended up living with after their, their mum and dad um, passed away. Um, so they, they ended up coming to live with us. And uh, me and Marcus, who was the same age as me, we ended up going to this this birthday party. And we were like, right, there's two sort of hot blonde girls there, fit blonde girls. We are on the back of a bus going to, it was in Branston. We are on the back of the bus and we flipped a coin, go, right, you go for this one if it gets heads and I'll go for that one if it gets tail. No word of a lie, both of us. Are based still with our missus that we really? land, land on on this day now, and uh, yeah, we're both like still all together. He's still with with Lisa, and I'm still with Bryony, and haven't had any separations or anything like that in between or anything, which is unbelievable. Off the toss of a coin, on the way to Branston and the back of a road car bus or whatever it was in Lincoln. Wow! So, so, so what? Nineteen years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Maybe even more. I'm, oh. I'm what, 36 now, so yeah. yeah 20 yeah, years ago. 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, so my wife's Bryony, and, um, yeah. you know, so so we, we uh, you know, started, like, sort of dating or whatever, going out with each other, as you do, like, nothing serious. You're just basically kids of that age. But it sort of developed, and then we went to university, different places and stuff like that. Um. And then we sort of got at the end of uni, we were still together, we we're still really good. We would made the effort to see each other, even though we're different unis. And then we were we I went and ended up working for Lidl. So you know the supermarket. Yeah. 
I ended up being an area manager for them straight out of uh, straight out of um, like, like uni. I did a degree in uh, outdoor, <clears throat> which is pretty hilarious. Really, it's like basically putting up tents, but I'm quite I'm quite quick at it. So uh, <laughs> it was great. It's great degree to be fair. Really. And that served you well in Lidl, right? Yeah, great. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, mate. To be fair, had a um, ended up having this really weird thing. Right, my, my cousin really like sharp cookie my my university was formerly known as preston polytechnic then it was known as uclan now it's known as uca university of cambria but uh okay. it he my cousin went to cambridge so he's a really sharp cookie like switched on guy and he was going to a um a graduate fair and long story short he was like well just come along with me it's only for cambridge and oxford graduates but just black your way in so i black my way in and Got this little stand and they had all this amazing stuff this awesome car and this awesome like like salary and that sort of stuff of what you could get and i was like yeah i'll have a bit of that tell me more and the guy gives me a sort of spiel and then he's like tell me a bit about you and i was like well i've got a degree in outdoor leadership and blah blah, blah. and he's like he just literally laughed at me so i said i just i remember very well i said to him you know the, what everything you've described to me is you need leaders to manage this change of what you want in little you know but uh you know leaders Thing. there's a difference between managers and leaders and he's like no there isn't yeah. Matt we need good managers and I was like no managers do things right leaders do the right thing I'm a leader if you want to drive this company forward then talk to me and I was fl- I was going to Alabama that day really really weird this I hadn't given him my CV but I told him I did outdoor leadership <laughs> as a degree and he remembered he found out he rang my university told him there was an emergency that I was on the outdoor leadership course and they needed to talk to my parents in Alabama because I thought I was flying to Alabama because my dad had been posted out there yeah. He got my mum and dad's phone number and he rang me at at uh, in Alabama like two days later and said, you're the only person I remember from the show. I was so angry with the guy. I literally left him. I just walked away from him. And, uh, and he rang me back and was like, yeah, I'd be really interested if you can come for an interview. When are you coming back? So I literally bought a suit out there, came back, put, got the suit and long story short, ended up working for them. But I ended up down in, down in London. So me and, me and Bryony moved to London and... Uh, Basically, just like um, you know, life life was good. We were like, you know, it, it was all right. It's getting it was getting paid for a young man. I thought it was anyway, you know, fairly yeah. well. Um, and then, um, like three years into that, me and Brian were together forever. We always thought we we're going to have kids. Um, you know, I genuinely was, it a, was it a conversation, or did you, like, did you talk about having kids? Yeah, we talked about having kids a lot. Always, pretty much from day one, to be honest. I think big family, small family. I think we always talked about having like at least two. Okay. And it, you know, like it was, I think, I think having, having kids is just, is always going to happen with us. It's just, I don't know. There is like, you just know sometimes, don't you? When you meet, when you meet the right person and it's like, yeah, okay. And, and things are just going really good for us. And then at the end um, of, of that time, uh, about three years, as I was into little, uh, Brian got pregnant and it was like, yes, wicked right she's pregnant this is this is cool so how old are you how old are you here quite young so at this point i'm probably about 23 maybe no probably 22 maybe something like that um yeah but 23 actually i think and um so like yeah so i'm young yeah i'm I'm young and brian's young and we're like but sod it we'll be all right we've got good family around us make it happen got a good job great place that we live in it's all good so two months go by and it's all good she started to get like a like beginning to show a little bit, she's feeling a yeah. bit of kicks, stuff like that. 
And then in the third month, it stops. Like she, we're going for the scan and a couple of days before the scan, she's not felt anything and it's looking not good. And we go, we go, we're in Lincoln actually. We're in Lincoln because at this point, my parents were back in the UK and we were in, we were in Lincoln and I remember being in Lincoln Hospital and because we went to, we went to Lincoln Hospital and they rushed us in for an emergency scan. So just like, go, go for an emergency scan. And then we were just about to go in for the scan and Brian and my wife turns around to me and goes, they ain't going to see anything. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, I've, I've just been to the toilet and it's just come out and um, I've, I've got it in my handbag. Right. So, so all of a sudden, so she's had a miscarriage basically. And uh, like this, like for me, I was like, I, at that point, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much like, whoa, what the, what's going on? Wow. Okay. That's, that's scary. We're just about to get to a point where we're about to have a three month scan. This is pretty serious. Um, you just had a miscarriage. She's beside herself. She's like in a really weird place, which is a place I've not seen her before. And very I was going to say, because the way you, the way you described the way she told you that was very relaxed, very calm, but it, it was, br- it was like a brutal, like Brian has always been very matter of fact. So she was just like, yeah, then it's in my handbag. Like, so that, that was really interesting that it was in a handbag because I remember like, um, we obviously went in and they were, they were like, have you passed it? Yeah, I passed it in the toilet. We didn't tell them that we had the handbag. But like we got back and uh, like we had a look at it and stuff. And you can, you can like tell it's like a little human, like it, that is mental. Like they came out in the sack. So it came out this tiny little thing, like a little bean. Yeah. Uh, that big. Like, and you could see it had a little head and little like it was it was it was a, it was a shape of what you would probably see on a scan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty amazing to look at to be honest, but also like devastating at the same time. You know, from a yeah. far away point of view, it's it's pretty like wow, you've grown this thing and it's not really worked. <laughs> um. So that how, was, how, how did she take that after? Oh, obviously, after the initial shock of it happening, how how did she? Settle down from that. So what we did with that, with that, um, hey, we wrapped it in this, like, um, well, to be honest, we just wrapped it in, in like, um, kitchen towel, and and we took it to a place. We were living. Um, there's a spe- there's this place on a hill near where we were living, and there was three um, silver birch trees, and we we just went up for a walk on this hill, and we got to bury this thing. It's not like it can have a burial. <laughs> But you know, we've got to get rid of it, and we bear, we put it in a bottom, put it on the bottom of this tree so it could feed the tree, and it was this weird thing, circular life thing. I don't know. But anyway, it was a bit of a way of uh, us dealing with it. We buried it and had like a little thing. But I'll always remember where it is. I'll always, whenever I go there, I'll go nip and have a look, just because it's just a, uh, I don't know, a bit of a weird thing. But then, so life sort of goes around again, and you sort of get back back used to things, and it, and like, it is a massive deal. It was bigger for her than it was for me but it was massive for me as well maybe that's just me trying to be heroic and stuff i don't know it was it was quite serious for me but weirdly i've kind of blocked out a lot of it and i'll talk to brian about it and and i find that some bits of it i've just totally i've totally forgotten and it's yeah. it's not like a want of forgetting it it's just like how have i not remembered that my brain has just removed it yeah. really really weird but then we then weird stuff so that that happened and at the same time that was happening now i was like right i'm getting a bit fed up with work i do love it it's great i'm getting loads of challenges getting lots of challenges at work 
um, and it's good and I was, I was getting promoted and things were happening but at the same time while I was at uni I joined the sort of um, I joined the TA I like doing military type type stuff and um, I left that all to go do this little stuff so I was quite missing that sort of thing and I kind of fancied doing some stuff like that again so I ended up um, getting offered getting offered this job to work in in Dubai um, working for well, it wasn't in Dubai it was in Abu Dhabi uh, working for the Crown Prince of Abu Dhabi creating this like um, project which was all about um, st the student citizenship project which was basically like really in simple terms it was about teaching leadership tolerance perseverance and that sort of thing um, in schools um, of the United Arab Emirates and, uh, and and basically like the uh, the people who were being selected for it had to have some sort of like they for whatever reason they wanted like un, a little bit of a military background to it because they liked the idea of I guess Western guys who've got a bit of military experience you know even though mine is minimal um, coming in and going right okay guys you know I'm going to teach discipline because you've been in you know how to march from down and stuff like that I know basically that sort of thing. That's what we that's what we came that's what we came in doing, and that was that was awesome. So we got I got offered this job, which was an outrageously good job in in the Middle East, and I met some amazing people when we went out there. But we were like, got off. We me and me and Brian were like, right, let's go, let's let's try and make recover from this this miscarriage. Let's go on holiday. So one thing we did was we went to we went to New York, and uh, I know you you love New York. But, uh, we went we went to New York. Um, and I'd already applied for this job and I had interviews and all sorts of weird stuff with it. And then uh, we were going up the Eiffel Tower, uh, not the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> the Empire State Building, and I got a phone call and the lift going up, and it was like, well, I got a phone, phone call on the lift, and uh, I remember it because it was in the lift, and as we got out the top, they were like, um, yeah, you um, you got this job, do you, do you want it? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, right, well, it starts in three weeks, so you better get on with it then. And I'm like, right, well, I'm in New York right now, I've got to go home and sort it all out. Oh, and they're like, yeah, and do you have a wife? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, well, you need to get married because you're not allowed to be a, a, well, course, yeah. like, a girlfriend. You don't have a wife. And they're like, well, we can't bring her out here if you don't, you know, have, if you're not married. So I was like, right, okay, well. And that's so got we, married. Yeah, so we were at the top of the Empire State Building. I was like, yeah, if we get married then. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I'd always put the question to it, like, well, ages ago. And I just literally just, yeah, you know, probably chinned it off, but not, not, not in the bad way. Just yeah. like the right time, financially and everything else. So we got married in three weeks. Proper shotgun, mate. Full-on shotgun wedding. But it was awesome because we just literally, the wedding was just about, like, people who, you know, anybody who could come to it, come to it. Um, and it was just like, it's kind of like a bit of open invitation. Bring a pot. If you got, like, food, bring a pot. We hired this place in a, in a golf course. And then um, they, 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 we, this, this little golf course in Woodall Spa, and they came out and they did this. It was really good. They'd never really used the golf course for a wedding before. So we were like this test thing with them. So we got it all dead cheap. And then we were like, boom, gone, off to, off to the Middle East. And then so, we ended up out there, gone. Yeah. So when you when you fly, how long have you been married? Uh, well, I'm the day before we got married and the next day I flew. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> she was still there waiting for the visa to come through because i had to take the marriage certificate of course um but yeah 
the main thing, amazing thing about living out there, obviously, is living out there for two two years. Well, living amazing. That was the most, you know, amazing honeymoon you could ever have. Basically, we spent we yeah. spent three and a bit years in the Middle East. Like, it's cool. It's a cool place to go and hang out. And we did live. We lived in Dubai, and you know, like you, you know, life was good at that point, and life life was still still very good. But once we were out there for a year, things had moved on, and it was all things were all things were sort of in a good place again. So we were like, right, year had gone by. Let's start trying again. So. Well, two, two years gone by, really, since the miscarriage. We sort of started to, started to try again. Um, and then so, we, excuse me, we, we have, um, we, Brownie gets pregnant again. And then we're like, get into the same sort of place uh, while we're in the Middle East. Get into the same sort of place as we were last time, coming up to the three months camp. Yeah. Are you, are you sort of worried that something might happen? Obviously, because you've been through it before. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I did. I think I, if I'm honest, at that point, I started to just get to a point now where it's like, right, this doesn't exist. Like, it's a bit of a really bad thing, and it's probably some weird coping mechanism. And I just tried to do a load of reading around it at the time about, like, what should dads feel like? And literally, no one talks to dads about miscarriages. No. They just don't. It's like, okay, yeah, how's, how's your wife? Okay, yeah. Yeah, great. And I, yes, she is, and she has gone through a lot worse in many ways physically than i have but like yeah you know we're in this together sort of thing you know that's the idea of it and that's the first time that i realized that nobody really cares about dads that's kind of the first time i realized but in many ways rightfully so because maybe it's misogynistic you know what i mean yeah you know misogynistic of me just to think that no, I want. I want my wife to be looked after first and i would want that anyway you would you you know you'd want the same but in like in many ways, you just like okay, right, well, yeah, you do sit there, and go, yeah, am I right? Am I actually right? And you don't know whether you are or not. Yeah. And, you know, and you think about it, and everyone's talking about because you know mental health has been a very topical subject during all this period. You're thinking, am I right? I think I'm all right. Yeah, I'm all right. Right, next time this happens, I'm just gonna. It doesn't exist. And so, and I think I created this thing for me. This didn't exist. Like, she's pregnant. Great, whatever. And it's just like okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, to her, I'm probably putting on a show going, yeah, it's really good, you're pregnant, dead excited, really can't wait. Yeah, you got a flutter, oh, exciting, yeah. But to me, it's like that doesn't live until it cries. Yeah. Like, that is really weird, isn't it, when you say in that sort of thing. But of I think the way I was, like, ready to deal with it. So I could be there for her a bit better than maybe I was the first time if it, if it happened again because I fully expected it to happen again. And the thing in, in in the UAE is a totally different way that they deal with like medical stuff. So, so for a woman, they like get pregnant. You have a gynecologist. They're all over you. Like they are literally like, right, come in, right, two weeks in, bang, come in. That's six weeks, come in. And because Brian had obviously had miscarriage history, they were like, yeah, in, check, in, check, in, check, blood test, blood test, blood test. And then, um, yeah, then we're like about. Two two and a half months again, same point again. It's like going for a going for a scan because they did it slightly early there, and they're like, "Yeah, no heartbeat." <laughs> you just like what? Yeah, no heartbeat. So I was just like, "Okay, here we go again." I can remember being sat there looking at the money again. Yeah, no heartbeat. Yeah, and then she's like, "Doctor turns around and goes, yeah, you need what's called um, a DNC, I think it is.' Um, so basically, they." It's horrifically invasive for a woman. They just 
scrape out the inside of the womb, basically, mm. um, and remove anything, any of the lining of a womb, so it removes the whole thing. So there's no risk of infection because obviously, if you don't pass, and you know that sort of stuff. So then, all of a sudden, she's like, right, yeah, you're going to hospital now, and uh, we're going to have you um, having having um, an operation tonight. So great, and then you're like, what? Okay, right. So now my wife's going under, and like properly, like having an operation. Um, then they they gave her a full um, anaesthetic for that and knocked her out properly and just found it's extremely painful thing to happen. So I'm just like, right, okay, <laughs> this is a bit of a nightmare <laughs> trying to have, have kids. We two people who love each other. It shouldn't be this difficult, but clearly, you know, that's just just the way things go sometimes. And then uh, so then coming back off that one, that one was an interesting one because we'd booked a holiday like to go to go abroad. Um. And the the holiday we booked to go away was a um, we were, we were going to go in Nepal, which you know it was early point in the pregnancy. It wasn't like we were too late on in the pregnancy. We should be careful with what we're going to be and stuff like that. So you know if we just and I travel to Nepal a, a lot because I've done a lot of expeditions in Nepal. So I'm very familiar with the location. I know you know where where there's very sort of good like, places to stay, and we we're going to keep out of the way of everything basically. And just and. Uh, we were due to fly the next day at this point. I think it was about two, it was about two and a half months when this all happened. Um, so it was a bit earlier than the first one. And we get, we get, we were like, right, what should we do about this flight? And Brian does not want to cancel the flight. She's like, don't bother. And I'm like, no, we can change it. But if you want to go, it might be a good thing because it'll be like, operation done, go on a plane, go away, forget about it. You know, um, and then she obviously had to be on antibiotics anyway for a little while and all this sort of thing. And so she, she was like, yeah, I'm quite up for that, but I'm not flying tonight. So, uh, you know, the next day. So we ended up moving the trip. We had some amazing experiences. We did go on that trip and it was very difficult, but we had some amazing experiences. Like one of our, one of our friends, the reason I've done lots of expeditions in Nepal is one of our friends, really good family friend, lived out there and is married to like um, yeah, uh, a, a, a Nepali lady. He's like a, she's a downhill mountain bike champion for Nepal. She's amazing. She's awesome. But basically, he's he'd been running an expedition company out there, and um, so he had all these really cool things that we could go do. So we went and watched like uh, rhino in, in the ch in, in the Chitwan jungle, which was just awesome. And we stayed in this little hut. And you know, it's very exclusive things. You can't, you're not allowed to do it. Only only member, only thought national park rangers are allowed to do it. But they stayed in this hut. But we were allowed to stay in this hut, and we stayed in this hut on this night. Um, and I remember it because it was like second night into us being away, like fourth night after after yeah. this and we got woken up because the hut was wobbling it's like a hut on, st hut on stilts and there was this rhino with a little baby <laughs> like really weird like out down the bottom not rubbing against this hut making the hut wobble and then looking up like at that moment there was like these fireflies and uh all this sort of weird mythical blooming crazy magic stuff going on and you're just like wow this is like an amazing experience and we just had a you know i, I remember going back in, in in into our room it was like a room. It was like you know, and just basically both were having a bit of a cry about the uh, whole situation, <laughs> you know, because it's weird. Um, so at this at this point, are you sort of thinking this is never going to happen? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of like, well, this is getting ridiculous, basically. But it's only two times, and then you read about it, and it's like, well, lots of people have miscarriages, and it goes it goes to a lot of people. This happens quite a lot, so. One, I think one in, I mean, I might be making this up, but I heard it. Is it one in three? 
Uh, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't remember the, the exact, I did know those, those things, but it is something like that. It's something right. like that. A lot of people have a miscarriage so early on, they won't even notice. And yeah. I don't, you know, I don't mean that like they won't notice. I mean, they, they physically won't know they're pregnant. And, yeah. But that's a body, in many ways, like, again, me and Brian are quite like, um, like, you know, the body does what the body needs to do. If it's not right, it's not right. You know, I think that's quite an amazing thing. Um, anyway, we sort of went on again, and, and like um, we had a, we, there was another, you know, another year, another year sort of passes. We try and get pregnant again. Brianie actually, Brianie is like Mr. Period. I'm like, right, go get, go get a pregnancy test. Um, still in, still in Dubai. She does pregnancy test. She's pregnant, and then it's like, oh right, okay, this is interesting, but only just pregnant though. So um, we then like couple, couple of, couple of couple of days later things are good going well and then she has like a horrific heavy period and and you know she's not pregnant anymore um and that's that so it's like that's the third one so that was quite not not quite as traumatic as the other two she gets you a scan they're like yeah you're testing all sorts and you're like yeah you appear to have been pregnant but yeah whatever um so that 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 point then you're like well this is not going well and i thought this was meant to be um but but you're like, right, okay, should we try again? And so we decide to we decide to have another go. How old are you? How old are you, Greg? At this point, about yeah. twenty about twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Yeah. And we're like, right, okay, let's let's have a go. No, twenty twenty-seven actually. I was twenty-seven. Um and we have another go. We're still in Dubai. She gets pregnant. And the whole of this pregnancy, um, I'm like, I I it's weird because I work in the Middle East, right? So I'm like, yeah, you're pregnant. Great. Let's have a plan. We've had a great time out here. Let's go back to the UK. Time time is kind of right to go back to the UK. We've done this. It's cool. We've lived a nice lifestyle. Let's go back to the UK. Brian goes further and further along. And she's now like almost, um, you know, almost basically like coming to terms. She's like, well, she, at the point we sent it back, I think it was, I sent it back. It was like about seven months. And it, we, we had all this great care. This, this sort of guy and ecologist and all sort of stuff uh, throughout the early part of the pregnancy, but we're like, yeah, let's let's I'll t- I'll finish my contract here, and we'll go we'll go back, but you'll go back first, so you're safe to fly, and I'll bring the whole rest of that the, everything back. But the whole of this, that pregnancy, I literally expected when she gave birth to give birth to a dead child. Now that is weird. I was just I was I was just telling I was telling I was telling Brian this today. Because I was thinking about coming on this little little show of yours and talking about it, but I genuinely, I genuinely fully expected there to be a dead baby and not to be real. And I literally told myself that until that baby cries, it ain't it ain't real. Hundred percent is not real. But she was huge, like the, you know, seven months she was really big, and like, yeah, we we you know she flew back. You're just, you're just expecting the worst through the whole for the whole pregnancy yeah. so because yeah. a lot of people you know really enjoy that whole anticipation what we're going to call it let's do this but i suppose for you it's very much is this baby going to turn up like the 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 uae everyone knows the word inshallah you know yeah. that is like actually that word means quite a lot to me in a weird way and i don't mean it like in a religious sense but i do mean it in a way it means if it will be it'll be you know it's, it's like if god wills it you know yeah in the literal translation, but I, I, you know, I literally was like, you know, everyone would potato you, inshallah, inshallah, inshallah. <laughs> you know, I work with local, locals in, in the UAE and, um, 
yeah that's how it was and so get yeah i would get to the point of flying home i'm still thinking yeah i'm gonna get home built up a little bit of money so we've got a bit of reserves to do stuff with and then uh, it ended up being what we set up our business with but fly home and i'm just like right okay yeah is this going to still happen is it not going to happen get back and it's like okay now we're going to decide what hospital we're going to go to and now at this point we're getting close it's like uh, you know eight and a bit months weather and we're like right okay well we plan out the hospitals, plan out the journey, all this sort of thing. And I'm still like in my mind going, ain't gonna happen. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know why that is. It's just how how I was, and it's not me trying to be blasé. It's just me being brutally honest about about this. Um, but part of me is starting to get a little bit excited when you see that like, the belly move properly, and you're like, well, that is yeah. something that is alive right now. It is, it is alive, <laughs> you know. And but even now, listen to the way I'm talking. I call it it. Yeah. it's weird because i just literally like for some reason i put it in that box it's and a complete and, disconnect yeah really strange but then like the, the day and well the night he was born the day he was born i i remember vividly like vividly vividly the few seconds when he came out and it wasn't crying and i was like massive massive and like what can i do to make this baby cry if I, I i i delivered him i delivered my both my kids because i was like i told my midwife i want to be the first one to hold it because i was like i, I think it's also partly partly because i thought oh, if it dies and at least i've seen it and touched it you know like yeah <laughs> it's really weird to say it but i asked to deliver my own kids so i delivered him i caught him like and then I, I, it came out, and I remember the seconds of him not crying, and I just literally turned him over, got him, and shook him, and made him cry. And then at that moment, the emotions, mate, were huge. They were huge, like as as they are for every dad, mate. You know, there's nothing is you can't describe it, can you? No, but uh, for you at that point as well, having gone through gone through three failed pregnancies, and then this one, thinking it's never going to be born, it's never going to be alive, to then all of a sudden, bang your kids yeah. there yeah, that yeah. must just be a, a massive yeah. release of oh, it was amazing. amazing it was amazing i mean i remember on that day actually so yeah so i think it's born in the middle of the night and then in the morning you know family like, come and have a come and say hello and all this sort of thing and um there was a lot of you know when he was born it was difficult because briny hemorrhaged so you know she, she there was a lot of bleeding so they had to sort that out and it was obviously a big deal for uh, for doc for doctors to you know to have to deal with so they dealt with all that but she was all all right in the end you know and and um, you know but he, he you know he was doing he, he did he did really well and like I remember going to the chip shop the night the night after the thought of he was born that morning that night and I was and I I got there late um, I was going to go home this was the first time I was going to go home since because obviously as a dad you know you know which again it's quite different for for a mum you know they are there they're in the maternal unit you're not really staying with them the whole time. You can stay with them for a lot of the time, but you're not really staying there the whole time. Um, and then it comes a point where really you do need to go home and get, get a bit of sleep because otherwise you're just not going to function. And your wife's in a totally different place. She's got a massive amount of endorphins going around her body, which are di different to your yours and, and hormones. And that is a reality of just the differences who, of what we, of what we are, you know, men and women. And, and, her where she's at is totally different to where you're at and you're just like walking zombie really and i remember my dad taking me to the chip shop um and it, this this it, it was 
this little chip shop and the, and the old guy behind the chip thing was like you look knackered and i was like i've just just had my first kid mate and, you know and i was happy and smiling he was like right fish cake for you battered sausage for you <laughs> you know down here you know and he just gave so us what tip is that i'm gonna go there and tell him i've had a kid <laughs> yeah no man i think you'd see it i think you'd see it he was like yeah you look like i did when i had a kid yeah but i think it's a funny it's a quite an exclusive club club when you join it you know it's quite a quite an amazing thing and i I think lots of dads want to sort of pat you on the back and say, yeah, welcome to the club. Because it is a weird, yeah. you know. Um, well, it's, it's life-changing, right? It's, it, your life is completely changed. Yeah, yeah, it does, not it? It does, it does. Um, but then I guess, like, so that all happened, and then you sort of, like, into this thing. Now, one thing I'd say, like, going through the whole of, of pregnancy, and I'll probably remember this, maybe more than most people, but, you know, people are like, right, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. This is going to happen. You need to do this. Your auntie Doris is saying, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Yeah. Be aware of this. Don't do that. Don't do this. And, you know, and then you're like, just sod off. We'll, we'll yeah. make, if you not know who I am, I can make this happen. Do you know what I mean? You just, what, you, and, you, and it's your natural arrogance. Everybody <laughs> goes, oh, crikey, I'm Your missus belly doesn't belong to her anymore. People are touching her all the time. You're like in the supermarket. People are you're like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but, you know, like you, everyone's telling you and warning you that it's going to change life changing. And you're like, yeah, that's no, off. It's not going to be. And then you get home and you sort of have these kids and you, you have them and you are growing a bit older and you're like, actually, to be fair, some of the stuff they said, <laughs> maybe we should listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, but that brings me on to the second and nobody warns you about the second. <laughs> but just before that, Greg, how, how, do, how do you, how does your life change when you first have that first kid? What, what is different? For me, like, so for me, like the first kid, right? I was just like set, and like I'm gonna do my best for for my wife, my my kid, my partner. Basically, I'm just gonna do whatever she wants to be the best dad I can be. And at that point, all you can think of is like, I will do. Uh, you will do whatever, you know. You'll get up in the middle of the night, you know. And again, like you do realize quite quickly that there is a difference. Like she's just given birth. She, for some reason, sleeps when the baby sleeps and wakes up when the baby's awake and is in perfect synchronicity with this baby. Yeah. You're trying to help, but you're constant. I think it's true. You, In this situation, you're constantly getting tighter and tighter and tighter as a dad. And yeah. I, don't think that's re I don't think many people recognize that. And they're just like, well, shut up. You haven't had a baby. Yeah. That's the most reaction. You know, you're just a bloke. Well, yeah, okay, but I am doing my absolute best. I want to do my best. You don't not want to do your best. No. People, do, people do think it's like, oh, yeah, well, you haven't a kid. What are you whining about? Yeah, that's yeah, quite, yeah. Quite, a, quite, a, you know, quite a big thing. But your your wife, your wife, your missus, whatever, your partner, who's had that baby. Husband. Yeah, husband, whatever it might be. <laughs> in that instant, in that instant. Yeah. In this instant, certainly for me, like she could function much better than I could. Yeah. Like, and I, it was frustrating for me actually because I wanted to do better, but I knew I was being a bit rubbish, yeah. even though I was trying really hard. And no problem changing nappies and all that sort of thing, just knackered. But yeah, it was a good day. I mean, I you know, I loved it, you know, going out and seeing everybody and being like, Yeah, look at this. I feel for people right now who've gone through during COVID, you know, and not being able to share those lovely, those lovely moments because that the, the day after the baby's born or was it the day of the day after for us when you, like like you said when all the family come up and you know your aunties your sisters your brothers and everyone you're like oh this is my child look at him that's yeah. great like i loved all that yeah um, yeah and everyone falls in love with him straight away yeah yeah and then 
biggest thing about Leo is your little lad, isn't he? Yeah. He, the biggest thing about him, mate, uh, and I'll say to you now, the thing that I see a couple of pictures of him, and I was like, you know, it looks like you're, it's got a look of your mum, mate. When he's yeah. smiling, I see it. I see it. I'm just like, yeah. And, and I remember your dear old mum. She's, she's a lovely lady, mate. Mm, thanks. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, he, he is. Um, he's, he's a good, you know what? He's a good mix of all of us. He's a, he's a, he's a very good mix of Carly, me. Um, so we're quite, we are quite lucky in that regard. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, he's an awesome little team. He makes cool <laughs> button as well. Some of the videos paste a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, you know what? It's like, so when you have your, when you have your kid, your life changes undoubtedly. But for me, up until this very last year, I was always away with work. You know, I was up and down the country. I was away two or three nights a week. Now coming to work for myself and I'm at home every night and I'm starting to, I, I see in much more. It's just our relationship has just flourished even, even more so in this last year. Um, just, just by being there, because like I say, you know, in my previous job, I'd be away two or three nights. I'm out entertaining clients. So even when I'm home, I'm knackered. So it's like, you know, Daddy, could you come and play football? Could you come and do that? And it's just like, oh, I can't do it, son. Now it's like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, so how for old, me, that's what... how old is he now? He's free in May. Yeah, I, I had like with um, with my with my kids, like with both of them, they got to about two and a bit, and it was like actually they were like with our in our family, I'm always out and about doing stuff. And anything happened, they'd just go to mummy. Like, they'd just go to mummy. Like, if I'm hurt, yeah. I'm going to mummy. I'm like, well, what's wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> like, genuinely, I'd be like that. And I read a book, um, um, the book called Bringing Up Boys, it's called. Um, and it's and it, and it's interesting to see how, how much, like, you know, the mum, mum, mum. And then they get to start realising that this dad figure's there and they want to go play football with him. And it's like yeah. different things or, you know... It, whatever that might be. And then they're just all of a sudden like, right, want to do something with you, whatever it is, you know, uh, you know, they start to realize a bit more of the, yeah. the world around them sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I used to say that to, I used to say that to Carly when Carly, but like, oh, can't you do this? And I'm like, listen, you've got the first two years and then he's mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll be out all weekend. We'll be at United. We'll be playing football. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of them, isn't it? It does it does it does change your life. But yeah, it's literally like you say, like it does. There's a big, massive. For me, it felt like there was a big shift. But then I can only talk in my opinion, you know, like in my, not my opinion, my experience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but it, it is it is funny uh, how it goes. But yeah, and I'm not on. Go on. No, sorry, go on. No, because I was going to say, you're, so you're. What's your what's your first child called? Oscar. Oscar. So Oscar is. One, and then you find out you're pregnant again. Yeah. Well, this is what this is what I, <laughs> it was a hurt locker. So I describe it as the hurt locker. Your first kid, right? Certainly, I felt it was. Um, and and to be honest, I think Brian did as well. You know, it's hardcore, isn't it? It's hardcore on both of you early on. And we had lots. You, of have, you have no idea what you're doing. Like literally, have no idea. No, you don't, do you? You really don't. And then you're like coming out. You're coming out of it, and you're like we could start to feel like we're sort of like a bit of routine it's working coming out of this hurt locker this is all right and then i'm like 
hang on a minute. And we had some serious conversations at this point, like for over about two months period, like we're coming out of this hurt locker. How long are we going to be till we get back into it? Are we going to get used to being normal again? And like, I know for me, I was just like, I don't want to come out of the hurt locker. She was like, no, I think you're probably right. <laughs> Let's just crack another one out and then we'll be for the shortest period of time in the hurt locker and then leave the hurt locker. <laughs> but so we had, we, we kind of did think about having them quite close together because, because also we were like, right, well, I mean, I, you know, I've got a brother, um, I don't know you do as well. And, you know, like you, you love your brother, you know, you you, you always will. And you know, you, you, for, for, for me, I was quite similar age to mine. Um, so like, it always had someone to, to knock around with, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so one of the, th one of the things we considered was that, and we're like, right, should we have two at the same time? And we just thought, yeah, we'll give it a go. Particularly as we kept having miscarriages and we yeah. fully expected this not to work. <clears throat> so we're like, let's crack it. See if we can have another one. It might, it's probably not going to work. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a weird place to be, but we were like, if we can get it in the hurt locker, it's in the hurt locker. We've got a period of like, We've got this year, this year now. He's coming. He's getting a bit of routine. Crack out another one now. By the time we just get into a proper routine, we'll be having another baby. If it all goes to plan. If it doesn't, we'll try again and again, and we'll try and keep their ages as close to possible together. Okay. So that was literally part of our. It was part of our like rationale behind having two quickly. But then this next one came along, and it's just like boom, flash to bang, it worked. Like no problem really strange really strange and are you, are you still having the same feeling throughout that second one or are you more confident that this one's going to work yeah so it's a weird it's again it's a really weird situation because this time you're like right okay well this is working this worked last time it should work this time that's a human being so it's, my brain slightly i think my my way i thought of it changed slightly where it's like well actually that is a real human being as a result of this it can happen so i kind of let myself believe a bit more in this one right um, but but i did always I, in the back of my mind i thought i was like setting myself up for a bit of a fall so it was still kind of there but but it was a bit different so i kind of tried to enjoy the pregnancy a bit more um with with briny obviously yeah. and uh and, and and I've also just set up a business, and the business is is like starting to work, and things are happening with it. We've done loads of cool travel and stuff like that, and, and things things are really good with the business. But it's also still quite like full on trying to make it work. And uh, the the one thing the one it was it was quite a relatively straightforward pregnancy, and he was you know, and then he was he was just all of a sudden like I he was just there. Like so I can't even remember really very well when it was just Oscar and not Howard. But it's just like now, now they're both there and they're both so integral. It's like they're both, to, you know, so together so so much. And again, it was the same emotions when you met that person the second time. Say, you know, you think the first time it's never going to be like that again. But those emotions were just the same. Those emotions were just like raw, like bang, you know, wow, I'm meeting you. And yeah. the person has touched you and outside of your mum's body and stuff like that. It was just like... Just amazing, mate. Just, just amazing, amazing, amazing thing again. It is. Yeah. I talked about that in my last podcast, and just trying to explain that feeling to somebody who doesn't have kids. It's just so difficult because yeah. I was, I was also one of them ones. Like, you know, I didn't get it. I don't really understand why people would be like so connected to their kids, and 
but as, as soon as you have you have your own, it's just like wow, like this, you just don't understand. There's there's no love like it. No, there isn't. There is there isn't, and uh, like you will die for them. Like if you needed to, you'd do it tomorrow. What a weird thing to say, but you would. Like it's such a uh, no questions answered. You just whatever needs to happen. You know, you look after them. Whatever before you. And that is a that is that is that is what being a dad's about, I guess. Or you know, being being a mum to certainly some people, I think. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, but one thing I would say about having a second child, right? And this is a genuine experience that I had, and I can only talk from like my experience is that. You know, when everyone's like warning you about the first one, going, "Yeah, can I change your life? It's all going to happen." Second one comes along, no one says, a, no one says a thing, no one says a thing. Baby hits you, bang! It's like it's like a ton of bricks, mate. It's just like, oh, what have we done? <laughs> Absolute carnage having them that close together. Horrific, like, but brilliant, but horrific. But I remember. I said, sorry, just to cut you off. I said to you, six and eight. I was like, you spaced them out quite well. And you were like, no. <laughs> No, 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 like in one respect, yes, because because they came out the sort of horrific, like non sleepy bit yeah. to get quite a short time. But in the other respect, mate, I remember two weeks into it, and I'm not proud of this, but it, it is actually genuine. So, like, you know, it's not wrong for dads to feel like this. Two weeks into it, I just I remember him crying, and I just turned to Bri and I got out of bed. I sat on the bed, I remember it vividly. I was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, and it was really bad. And I was like, I, I literally can't do this. I can't I can't physically do it because I'm absolutely knackered. Yeah. I want to. I want to do this. But I've got, like, business work going on. I'm trying to look after the other kid in the middle of the day when you're not, you, you, you know, when you're not doing it. Not that she isn't. She's just amazing. She's the most amazing mum in the world, you know. But I was just like, I remember physically sort of almost snapping and I was just like, no, I just, I literally can't do this anymore. And it was a bit like one of those moments was like, don't be such an idiot, get on, get it done. And I, I did go off and do it. But but I can remember it vividly because, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, if I, if I was to say it back to myself now, I'd say, don't worry about it, mate, just keep cracking on. But yeah, I did feel like I actually can't do this anymore because trying to run a business, set up a business, trying to do, you know, and the stresses of life at that point were quite hardcore. It's like, balls this up. I've got to find a job very quickly and be able to pay the bills and make this all work. Yeah, I've got two kids now. Yeah. You know, and I was feeling that pressure. She's not she's not working at this point. Um, that's because we lived in the Middle East and then come back, and then she's you know so she's not got established. She came back you know heavily pregnant, had a baby, not gone back into work in the UK at that point, and then we got another baby, and so you know, and so it's just like I felt pressure, mate. I felt the pressure. I don't know if you. I don't know what it was, you know if you if you felt that much at that at that point in the first one. No, hundred percent. You know, it's. I, I said this before. You know, I'm I'm fully aware of the the pressures of having to provide for your family. You know, um, I am fortunate that Carly does work, but there are plenty of people out there in a situation where they live hand to mouth. They're not on a great paid job. And they're having to support, in some cases, three, four children on a salary that knocks over seven, eight hundred quid a month. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand how that how people cope with that pressure. For for me, I I, I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, um, but there's amazing people out there who do every day, and they're doing, yeah. and they're awesome. You know, like you know. But you can also see why people crack under that pressure. You know, yeah, yeah. You, know, you can see why dads don't want to be part of their kids' early life. And, yeah. and that that is a problem 
and I, I I appreciate I appreciate it. I think no, I didn't I didn't ever want. I, I'll be honest, I never felt like I was going to you know up and leave. But you can understand why dad might feel that pressure and go, okay, I feel a bit of this pressure, um, and and you know actually I I, I can't do it. And then yeah. maybe the kid starts growing a bit older and only wants a mum or you know the the real carer. The one who really wraps her arms around them in, in that whatever the relationship is, but that that sort of maternal relationship that exists, you know, um, in in any sort of in any sort of you know however that those relationships are in any sort of family, whatever it is, whatever it looks like or feels like, but whoever that real carer is, immediately the kid will tend to sort of go that way, and you can understand. Now that, that's it sounds really misogynistic, misogynistic again, but I don't mean it like that. It, it's you know, like it, you can under, you can understand why some dads might just walk away at that point and actually go, well, no, it's not for me. And then, they, yeah. you know, I can understand it. Yeah. I don't know. For, for me, the thought of not being there tomorrow to see Leo or, you know, not waking up with him or even the thought of somebody else raising him. Yeah. That is enough for me. You know, yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine that thought. So, I, w- I wouldn't. I'm not saying I. I'm not saying I agree with it. No, no, no. Of course, but you understand the, why people see the under that pressure. Yeah, and then that's that's something that's really important. That like the first three, four years of a kid's life are like literally they make they um, they matter so much. Yeah, they matter so much. Like they, you know, having having a solid family unit around them. Yeah, who who, who fulfill those family roles is a really important thing i think you know like it's it's really important thing there's like whoever it doesn't matter who you know whether whether it's you know two guys bringing up a kid two two women man or woman whatever it is as long as they're really feeling it it's all about loving it to be honest at the end of the day if you give this thing love and that's the biggest thing and like you know like you, what you say you know you give them love and then this you're giving them you're giving them you're giving them again and all of a sudden you get it back and it's just like wow yeah, yeah, it's just awesome when you. But you only you get what you what you what you give to to that person. But that's shaping that person's life in those early years. You know, and it's so much written about it. So much science behind it. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It's so it's so important to have, like you say, two dads, two moms, whatever. But to a stable family, having that stable family background. Um, you know, I love statistics. Love. Statistics show that kids do go on to do much better in a stable family. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. And dads are imp- dads are important. I really believe dads are really important to to, yeah. to, to kids' life. But like I say, well, we started at the beginning, and I was telling you about my dad, and he's like, you know, my hero sort of thing. But but at the same time, there's times now where the kids have grown older, so you know that they're they're eight and sort of six now, and it's you know homeschooling is interesting to say the least. But <laughs> You know, at times I look at it and you've got this very strong, for me, I have a very good role model and I go, am I doing all right? Yeah, I think I am. But <laughs> you're always putting yourself against it, which is an interesting one in itself. And Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't know that one. <laughs> you know my dad as well as I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's good to have that somebody to look up to, to just... To, to, to benchmark yourself against, I guess, to say, yeah, am I, am I doing this right? Um, yeah. And ultimately, if your kids are happy, you're doing it right. 
Yeah, I think so. You, you can't be wrong. You just if you love them and you show them love, and you 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 do the basics well, it doesn't matter. Just do the basics. Like it doesn't matter. That's what I'm finding with the homes the homeschool thing now with with Briny. So I'm I'm having to work during this this situation because I've got to because I've got to keep the business going because there's nine people who rely on me making sure that I make the business work next month and the month after and the month after. And if I don't, they're you know that's nine families you know who who need that income and so yeah. so again like i'm like i feel like i'm being a bit bad as a dad but then i'm not because i'm coming home and i'm kicking a football around with him and i'm deliberately coming home earlier to excuse me to give give it a bit more time you know to to, to be able to spend a bit more time with your kids you because know? it does because again it does matter and uh and it, what, what's been really interesting over the lockdown period is as they've you know they got a bit older it's kind of like they've um yeah, they've been, you know, it's almost a year. It's been going on and off for about yeah. a year, isn't it? You know, they're starting to like have meltdowns a lot more. I, I do worry me. I do worry about them because, you know, like they're, what they're growing up in is a very different world to what we grew up in. Yeah, of a very different world from what like our parents even grew up in as well, you know, like say, I do, I do worry quite a lot, mate, about about waiting to go. Like the kids are in meltdowns right now. They're not learning how to fall out with each other at school and stuff. You know, yeah. make friends again and realise that it's okay to to disagree. It's okay to have an argument. It's okay to be friends. It's okay to to just mess up in life. You know, all these little life skills um, which you learn and you, you learn to communicate at school. That for, for our kids now, it's a primary year, primary age. They're really missing out, and it's other things like swimming. Like I can't take them swimming, and you know, they're not the best swimmers in the world. And so we were getting, we were getting, getting on quite well, and then all of a sudden it's like, bang, can't be swimming with your kids. But that's a life lesson, you know. Like it's just something you can get better at, and you know, and if you learn it young, it's easier than if you learn it older, you know. I, I think we've been quite lucky in 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 with, with respect to Leo's age. Mm. You can see he's at nursery, and nurseries are still actually open. Yeah, yeah. So he's not actually missing. For him, the routine's the same. He goes four days a week. He's here one day. Um, yeah, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, so we, we've been quite fortunate that it's fell at the age he's at. But, yeah, I can understand for people, for kids at your age, where they're coming into late, probably just starting school or coming into later years of secondary school and not, like you say, learning those life lessons that you have yeah. you learn as a kid. Yeah, um, it's a very, it's a very weird, um, it's a very weird situation. I, I do, I genuinely do sort of worry about it quite a lot for them. But hopefully, if things will turn turn a corner, but we shall see. How how do you think? Um, do, do you think that this, the way that the world is has a is having an effect on the way that you're having to parent? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm personally I'm being a lot more like um I don't like it, like being a bit more authoritarian with the kids. Just being okay. like, oh, do this now, go do this now. And like falling into like old fashioned sort of um old fashioned sort of like this is what dad does, this is what mum does. It's a bit weird. I don't like yeah. it. I don't really like that. Um so like I'm having to though when She's had a really rough day with the kids. Uh, and, you know, I, I've got to come and be like, what are you doing, guys? This is mum. Why are you treating her horribly? <laughs> you know, why would you do this? Why would you be horrific to her? 
and have it have it out with them sort of thing. So I'm kind of having to do a bit more disciplinarian side of things. But and are, are you working from home or are you working from office? What, what, what's going on for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm working from the office to be honest because okay. I don't get done. You know, I can't. If I was here, I'd be constantly getting interrupted by the kids. And uh, yeah, I, I can work from the office. I can work from the office. Don't see anybody. Totally socially distanced. And uh, it's it's safe. I can't keep the business going and support those nine jobs if I was to stay here. I just couldn't yeah. do it. And so, you know, that's just the reality of it. <laughs> well, where are you? Where are you now, Greg? Whereabouts is it you live in? So we live in Lancashire. Um, okay. You're from Manchester, aren't you? So we're Cheshire. All right. Whereabouts? Uh, Northwich. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, well, we should, we definitely need to meet up sometime, don't we? Yeah, you Preston way. Yeah, yeah. So you know, like Preston Blackpool. Yeah, like uh, living a nice bit in the middle. (laughs) That was like like where you lived in Lincolnshire. You had Grantham Lincoln, and then that nice bit in the middle. Yeah, it's almost right where we live. Yeah, yeah. So we we're based out of a place called Kirkham. Okay. How long have you been up here? I've been up here now four years. Okay. So uh, yeah, company's been going ten years now. Uh, no, not in its ninth year. So. And what is it? What does it do? What, what does the business do, Greg? We do two things. We go to mass participation sporting events, which don't exist anymore, um, and we take pictures of people, like marathons, half marathons, and that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, and uh, and then we sell them the pictures. To be fair, they do. They do still exist. You know, they. Uh, but it's been a heck of a shock to the, to, to, the, to the business. It's a tough it's a tough thing to have to deal with. The whole industry is trying really hard to come back, um, you know, to, to, to work out when it's going to come back again. But, you know, that is a heck, that, that for COVID side of things, you know, overnight that industry stopped. Yeah. You know, and there's so many people in that industry. And it's a great thing. Putting on these events are amazing for people, um, you know. It's people work up to them. It's great for health and well-being. It's great, but yeah, so we're we're pretty much the second largest provider of of that in the UK wow. of mass participation sports photography in the UK. Uh, and then the other side of the business is we're a film production crew. So we we make films, um, and we do all sorts from some sort of big budget sort of ad stuff to um, smaller corporate stuff. And we work again with, with with charities, and that's how I work with uh, one of the charities uh, you mentioned, NSPCC. Yes, we're going to come on to that. So, what, t- talk to us about what you what you've done with with those guys. We create content for um, for, for a thing called Better Starts, which is um, it's an initiative run by NSPCC uh, out of uh, Blackpool. It's an amazing thing. It's like all about early years, um, and uh, like I say, you know the facts behind the importance of dads in particular being part of a kid's life early early years is really, really important. And a couple of people, actually, I'd love to introduce you to and get them on here with you. Uh, one of them is a guy called Colin. He really knows all the stats and facts. And, you know, I think it'd be, it'd be a great conversation for you to have with him. Yeah, absolutely. He'll talk to you about some really interesting facts and figures. Um, but obviously it's about the whole early years environment for, for young children. And the idea being that, you know, if you, if you want to make um, – Blackpool, in their instance, better. You need to start at a very young age and 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 support and nurture young people through those early years. Because to get to better to a better Blackpool, you've got to create a better environment for, for young young kids in the very beginning. And it's it's a big process all the way through. And it's a, it's an awesome it's an awesome um, project. It's been going for five years. So. 
Wow. But yeah, it is, it is, it is cool. And um, yeah. Yeah, have you been, how long have you been involved with that? Uh, we've been involved in it for the last sort of three years, but it's all it's all been about like going in, understanding dads, talking to them about what they're doing. Also, understanding like um, it's not just about dads; it's 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 about the whole early years environment. Yeah, so, but it's always interesting because you that like, you you know you, you're talking to one minute you're talking to a couple of dads from Blackpool or a couple of mums from Blackpool, um, and they've been working on this this parks initiative, so creating green spaces for people to go and use and. And they, they literally recently just done, you know, early years, early years sort of age appropriate play. So that's really important. Like having a, you know, if you go out with Leo and you want to just like, you, you want to let him go run free a bit on a park and not have to really overwatch him and make sure he's not going to flip and get knocked out by a swing or something like that. You, you're all over it. But some of the parks in Blackpool are amazing. They're just amazing. They've been built as age appropriate playing spaces for young, for young children. So we work, we work like showing people that, and trying to encourage um, members of the community to come and to come and come and use those facilities. There's other things like there's, there's I don't know if you ever heard of an organisation called Palix, and they do like brain training, um, really interesting models on how to, um, you know, the way you, where you talk, the way you conduct yourself, all this sort of stuff is how how it can impact a young brain. Very very good stuff. Um, there's all, there's all sorts, mate. To be honest, it's 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 across it's across the whole it's across the whole um, the, the whole of Blackpool. And one of the things they're doing at the moment is like working with their connectors. So they've got like a lot of people who are like in the community who will help, like breast, you know, for instance, breastfeeding. You know, they'll 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 they'll, um, they'll advise people on breastfeeding. Some people will struggle with it if they struggle with it, what they can do. If it all goes wrong, it's, it's not a terrible problem. It's like you know, it's what you can do. Just make yeah. sure. It, you sterilize bottles and all that sort of good those good proper messages it's a great uh it's, it's a really good it's a really good um organization they do they do they used to do all these little meets so you could take your you know your, your little kids and do like um for it's basically like a little forest school if you like so they do like um very messy play so you'd have like like they'd, they'd have like a little um meet in one of these like parks and get like this little gazebo out and anyway yeah <laughs> it's, it's good fun they, they do they do good stuff yeah it's good that sounds good sound like a interesting in, in, initiative to be involved with mm. yeah it is it's just like just one of the sort of people we work with regularly um do, do you think there's enough support out there for dads uh if you think, if you think back to the, the things that you went through so miscarriage first wait, time I, pregnancy if you google miscarriage right now you'll find the first article you'll find is like from 2016 about four years ago and then if you if you if if you do any other research around it i remember looking at about it and just thinking about it and trying to get some people's opinions on it and couldn't get any blokes opinions on it really i couldn't find it and like google was a powerful thing yeah. <laughs> and it, pretty, it was pretty useless but is, is it it's just because of, well is, is it because that we just don't talk about it i think like that, do you know what like i think that's one part of it but i also think I all, yeah. I think we don't. the The way we've evolved as like, like a nation is like we don't. It's not like um. Yeah, part of it. Part of it is not talking about it, but it's like I think. I think guys are like uh, even. I sometimes feel that women expect you not to talk about it. It's like I was saying before. It's like you haven't had a kid. What are you on about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't care about you, and it's almost a laughing joke about it. But it isn't. 
it actually is real. And, you know, even to the point where sometimes kids get taken away from, from you know, in, in a divorce situation, you know, sometimes I've got a friend he's going through at the moment, you know, the the uh, the, the, the lady's been favoured over him um, while the whole process is ongoing. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I can't, you know, it's, it's, it's one, it's one of them. I don't think there is enough, I don't, I don't think we talk enough about it. Like, you know, I've got a good, Although, you know, I've got a good mate who who rang me recently. And he's the first mate. He's the first mate who has. And I opened the door to him because um, he, he had a kid a bit later in life. And I always thought it might be quite be quite hard to have it later. I, I think if I was having a kid now, I think I'd still try and step up to it. But it might be a bit harder for me now, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff I've gone through, having had two kids, I think I might find it really hard now. Getting um, back into that little locker. That's it, mate. <laughs> but, but, so I was always said to him, bring me if you're feeling, you know. <clears throat> and um, he, he, uh, he, ran, he rang me the other day and we had a good conversation about it and it just got off his chest because he's like, you know, should I be feeling this? Should I not be feeling this? Is it okay? You know, and I'm like, yeah, mate, it's absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. I felt exactly the same way. You know, like, you know, I love this kid, but I'm just like, it's changing my, it's changing my life. And, it's all those things that go through your mind, but you, 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 it's not because you, it's not because you're a bad person. It's like you love that kid, you love it, you know. But he just needs to get a gas off. I don't think we do that, yeah. do we? No, and that, I think that's it. I think it, the, for me, just doing this, it was just to encourage people to talk more, really, more than anything. Um, get rid of that stigma of talking about your emotions because that's what it is for a guy isn't it it's like well you you, you can't be sad you're talking about you're a man yeah <laughs> and it's uh just just getting rid just getting rid of that and i think i think society is definitely moving forward in that regard so if you think back to when we were like so 20 years ago when we were singing the backstreet boys you know <laughs> i think if uh, if you had those type of conversations then you'd have definitely been frowned upon but i think now it is becoming more acceptable but us as guys are probably just being a little bit slow to open up and 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 talk yeah i think so i think so on uh Particularly, particularly in early years, it's it's really good to talk and talk to other dads, um, and and to see what their opinion, what their opinions are, what they're what they're thinking about stuff. Have they struggled? Have they found yeah. it's amazing? What was good? What wasn't good? When you think about it, the whole world is set up for women to, and, and I know it sounds pretty like male female, but the whole world is set up for a ladies' coffee morning, and it's not that. It's not that like you could walk in there as a dad with a kid and be like, I'm just here at this at this coffee morning. It's like <laughs> it, it I think most dads would feel a bit odd, a bit almost yeah. Do you know like, intimidated? That's kind of what it is. You would you also be looked upon as the creepy guy that goes to the woman's coffee morning. Yeah, it's right. It's it, this is just like the truth about what you're talking about, isn't it? You're like, yeah. but actually I made a thing about going with, with Bright, but I was where well, I remember because I run my own business, I'd get away with it. I was the only dad that cut those things. And I made a thing about going with it because I just wanted to be there and I wanted to make friends. And, the, and and kids are an amazing thing to make friends with. They make you make friends. They do. You talk to people about your kids. Yeah. You, you, you discuss things. And a lot of the time that comes through, through in, my, in our case, um, it comes through 
Brian in meeting people, but I've always tried to be there. Like, so when there's a party at school and like a lot of the families I would see would just go, right, it's dad's turn. You're taking that kid to that party or it's mum's turn. And everyone would sit there on the phones. I'd yeah. always go and like buy the person on the phone a coffee and just be like, let's have a conversation. Just have a chat, you know, and see who they are. Maybe because I'm just a bit of a, um, bit of a weirdo who likes having <laughs> people. But, but do you know what I mean though? It is true. You, you do feel like it is set up. And there, there is this sort of like the thing where that's a woman's coffee morning. It's, it's, yeah. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. But I think, and I, and I guarantee you, not one of them would think, you're oh, that creepy guy. Not one of them would think that. They'd be like, what a legend. Come with his kids. You'd, you'd think. But yeah. that's the truth of what they probably think. But you do always have that little nagging thing where you're like, mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So- so what 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 does the future hold then, Greg? What what are your what are your hopes for the kids? What, what, what I suppose the 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 biggest challenge is just navigating this next year. I suppose more than anything. Yeah, like I say, I don't, I don't know. I, I I do. I am I'm I am uh, can't help but be a little bit nervous about what's going on with the COVID. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's uh, going to get better anytime soon. Do you think we're going to be? The back end of this year, because in my head, the last the last few weeks, I've been thinking summertime, it's going to be back to normal. Everyone's going to have the vaccine. But here's the thing, mate. If I said to you, right, tomorrow we're going to go, um, say for instance, a running event, we're going to stand on the Manchester Marathon or um, the London Marathon or the whatever marathon it is, half marathon, this major event, we're going to stand there shoulder to shoulder. Are you up for that? With a load of people you don't know. No. Weird. Habits change. So everybody's going to have to change. But would you be up for doing a marathon, a half marathon? Well, yeah, you probably would. You know, yeah. would it, mate? You'd I've, probably look for that. So I've, I've signed up. I say signed up. It's, it's not an official marathon, but me and my brother, you know, this, I'm, I'm a guy that is not in shape. You know, from what I used to be, I used to be super fit, right? Yeah. Football, all that sort of stuff. I'm so bent out of shape. It's, it's untrue. And, I could just about now do a 10K. Just about. Yeah, that's all right. What are you cracking and in? That, huh? What are you cracking in time-wise? Or are you not timing? Four hours. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, probably an hour and 10, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so I was like, do you know what? Let's, let's run a marathon. So me and my brother, we're going to run. So from Grantham to Lincoln... It's 26 miles down the A road past your old house. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're going to do, we're going to do, we'll do it across there in the summer. That'd be awesome. That'd be absolutely awesome. You could do it on the um, the Roman road, you know, the back road. You do it off road, the whole thing. Really? Uh, the Ermine Way, whatever it's called. Yeah, just check it out on the, on the OS map. Or something. That's, uh, that'd definitely be a good, good way of doing it. I think that'd be an awesome thing to do, mate. That, that's, uh, sounds like a good objective. The first time I ever did a marathon, I was like, yeah, I'm fit, Blake. I'll just crack it. Didn't train. Worst thing ever. Did. <laughs> Worst thing I ever did ever. It was a Dubai marathon. Um, I thought that was cold. Uh, yeah, freezing, mate. Hit 10 o'clock. Like, I think you set off at 8. I was like, I think, <laughs> set off at 8. Um, hit 10 o'clock. Starts to get ridiculously warm. It's getting warmer and warmer and warmer by the hour. And uh, yeah, I just remember the, the the pinnacle of how 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 what to me about like the pinnacle of you should have trained for this marathon was when four blokes dressed as a rhino ran past me, 
and then a man, a little old, a little old man, ran past me with no shoes on. <laughs> I know. And, and I was and I was close to the end then, and I sprinted, and I still he still beat me by like about hundred meters. But yeah. And how long did that take you? Uh, I think I did it in a, I think I did it in five and a half hours, which is horrific. It's not good. It's not. Right. I'm proud of. What's no, I mean, what's normal? Shit, yeah, it should be yeah, no. sub four would be all right okay. for me. I'm not very good, but yeah. Okay. Because what it's what is it? Um, 42k or 40, 42k is that what it is yeah yeah something like that isn't it yeah it's uh, a long way <laughs> no I think, I think i didn't i think yeah i was five and a half hours or something like that. i think i think a good time for me would have been under five but yeah the, the, well, you, uh, know, you know what to do next time right train yeah yeah stop thinking this <laughs> and we'll be alive yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I, that was it. That was an embarrassing situation, really. So, yeah, is what it is. <laughs> well, listen, Greg, it's been great catching up with you, mate. And um, that definitely, we'll uh, we'll get a couple of these for real uh, when yeah. we when we when the lockdown's over. Cheers. Cheers, buddy.